Today's podcast is brought to you by newspapers.com, the ultimate destination for exploring the mysteries of the past. If you're fascinated by true crime, get ready to dive into the stories that made headlines. Newspapers.com offers a billion pages of historical newspapers from the U.S. and beyond, and you can search the entire collection in seconds. Their vast newspaper collection is a goldmine for eyewitness accounts, crime scene photos, news reports, and more. Whether you're interested in famous crimes or long-forgotten cases, Newspapers.com gives you a front-row seat to more than 300 years of history. For our listeners, Newspapers.com has a special offer. Use the code CUPOFMURDER for an exclusive 20% discount on your subscription. That's promo code CUPOFMURDER at Newspapers.com. Sign up today and start unraveling the true crime mysteries that keep you up at night. Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, What? more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. The scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cup of murder. Hatred left unchecked can have deadly consequences. On October 27th, 2018, a man entered a Pittsburgh synagogue with so much hatred, he was willing to kill complete strangers to prove a point. So if you like your coffee hot, but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Situated in the largely Jewish Squirrel Hill neighborhood of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, about one mile from Carnegie Mellon University, lies the Tree of Life Conservative Jewish Synagogue. About 26% of the city's Jewish population lives in this area, and historically, the neighborhood has been deemed the center of Pittsburgh's Jewish community. Originally founded as an Orthodox Jewish congregation in 1864 in downtown Pittsburgh by an early group of Jewish immigrants, the Tree of Life merged in 2010 with the recently founded congregation or Simha, describing itself as a, quote, traditional, progressive, and egalitarian congregation. The area itself had a low crime rate, and though there were some issues with racial tension, it was described as a pretty idyllic place to live and worship. That was until 2018 when Columbia University and the Anti-Defamation League both reported a sudden spike in anti-Semitic activity online, specifically on Twitter, in conjecture with the rising tensions associated with the 2018 midterm elections. 
This wasn't the first time the elections had sparked a rise, with a similar one happening during the 2016 election. But the midterms became a rallying point for far-right extremists to organize and spread anti-Semitism online, and things seemed to really take off from there, which left tensions high in areas like Squirrel Hill. On October 27, 2018, at 9.50 a.m. on the synagogue's busiest day of the week, while two different congregations were in Shabbat morning service and a third was gathering at the front of the building for a Torah study session, a man walked into the Tree of Life synagogue and opened fire. Switching between his AR-15 and three Glock 357s, the gunman shot the Rosenthal brothers, 59-year-old Cecil and 54-year-old David, first while they stood near the front entrance and made his way into the basement where the other congregation, led by Rabbi Jeffrey Myers, thought the sound he heard was a coat rack falling down. Around this time, police started to get multiple calls from members of the synagogue who were able to barricade themselves inside the building. One of those men was 88-year-old Melvin Wax, the leader of the New Lights Service, who hid in the basement closet. Thinking the coast was clear, he opened the door only to be immediately met with a bullet. The shooter then moved on without noticing three other members hidden behind him in the closet. Two more, Richard Gottfried, 65, and Daniel Stein, 71, were shot and killed in the basement kitchen, followed shortly by Jerry Rabinowitz, the 66-year-old doctor who had gone towards the shooting to see if he could help anyone who had been hurt. By 9.57, the shooter had left the basement and moved back upstairs where the larger service had been taking place. And as some were able to escape, the rest were left behind to hear the shooter yell, All Jews must die while continuing his spree. At 9.55, police started to arrive at the synagogue and their fire forced the shooter to retreat back into the building. At 10.30 a.m., tactical teams arrived inside the building and the gunman began shooting at them. They returned fire and he retreated into a room on the third floor while injuring two officers and two SWAT members. At 11.08, he crawled out of the room and, after being shot multiple times, surrender to the officers. As medical professionals tended to the shooter, he told a SWAT officer that he wanted all Jews to die and that they were committing genocide against his people. In total, after 20 minutes of shooting, 11 people were killed out of the 75 in the building that day. In addition to the victims already named, there was 75-year-old Joyce Feinberg, 97-year-old Rose Maliger, 84-year-old Bernice and 86-year-old Sylvan Simon, and 69-year-old Irving Younger. Six more were injured, four of which were police officers, and many needed extensive surgery. When the dust settled on the crime scene, FBI Special Agent Robert Jones called the shooting the most horrific crime scene he had ever witnessed in his 22 years at the Bureau. It is considered the deadliest attack on the Jewish community in the United States. So, who was the man responsible for such carnage? Robert Gregory Bowers, born on September 4, 1972, and just 46 years old, was a resident of Baldwin, Pennsylvania. According to what police could dig up about his past, Robert's parents divorced when he was just one years old. And when he was seven years old, his father took his own life while awaiting trial on a rape charge. His mother remarried and they lived in Florida until her separation about a year later. 
upon returning to Pennsylvania, Robert and his mother lived with his grandparents, who took full responsibility in raising him after his mother's health started to deteriorate. He was a high school dropout, a former trucker, and neighbors described him as a ghost who they rarely saw or spoke to. According to those who knew him and after a look at his social media, Robert was a conservative white nationalist who followed the, quote, aggressive online provocators of the right wing's fringe. He was deeply involved in a site that promoted anti-Semitic conspiracy theories, one that was described as extremist friendly to neo-Nazis and white supremacists, and wrote on this account, quote, Jews are the children of Satan, John 8, 44. The Lord Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. A supporter of the white genocide conspiracy theory and a believer that then-President Donald Trump was being controlled by, quote, the Jews, Robert was an active poster who made no efforts to hide his controversial opinions. And to top it all off, he was a big proponent of gun ownership and posted photos of his prized Glock family online. In the weeks following the shooting, he made negative posts towards the National Refugee Shabbat and claimed that Jewish people were aiding members of Central American caravans moving across the U.S. border and bringing in immigrants he referred to as invaders. And just minutes before storming inside of the synagogue, he posted, I can't sit by and watch my people get slaughtered. Screw your optics. I'm going in. The website he used has since denied supporting violence and claims to simply defend free expression and individual liberty. On October 29, 2018, Robert Bowers appeared in the federal court in Pittsburgh and was ordered to be held without bail pending his trial. And on the 31st, he was indicted on 44 counts by the federal grand jury, all of which carry a maximum penalty of death or 535 years in prison. The counts included hate crimes, 11 counts of obstruction of exercise of religious beliefs resulting in death, 11 counts of use of a firearm to commit murder during a crime of violence, four counts of obstruction of exercise of religious beliefs resulting in bodily harm, resulting in bodily injury to a public safety officer, and three counts of use and discharge of a firearm during a crime of violence. He pleaded not guilty to all of his charges. On January 29, 2019, the grand jury indicted Robert on an additional 19 counts, 13 of which are hate crimes. And on February 11th, he was arraigned in federal court. A trial has, as of this moment, not been set due to various pre-trial motions and COVID-related delays. In addition to his federal charges, Robert has been charged with 36 state counts, 11 of criminal homicide, six of aggravated assault, six of attempted homicide, and 13 of ethnic intimidation. These charges are held in abeyance pending the outcome of the federal trial. On the evening of the shooting, over 3,000 citizens gathered for an interfaith candlelight vigil to honor those who lost their lives or loved ones at the synagogue. Vigils were held all over the world, all of which attracted large crowds of supporters. A fund of $6.3 million was raised for the survivors of the Pittsburgh synagogue shooting, the families of the 11 dead, and the police officers who were injured in the process, showing a small ray of hope in a world where hatred can cause such devastation. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on October 28th. 
Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like him. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.